Hi, this is Kurt Snyder from NewarkAdvocate.com, and I'm here with my colleague Dave Whitek as we welcome you to the Advocates Licking County Football Podcast. It is week seven, and uh, you know we're getting closer to the uh, nitty-gritty here as we enter the stretch run. We have some uh, big games this week and certainly uh, some big games in the future as far as the Licking County League, and uh, we're starting to look at playoff scenarios. Uh, JoeIdle.com uh, gives everybody a sneak peek into what might happen with the playoffs. And, you know, I, I know I've started to play around with the numbers, you know, if this team wins or this team wins. Uh, so, Dave, it's, it's very much an exciting time. And, you know, teams have to stay focused on the present, but we can always look at, to the future on occasion. Yeah, we definitely can. I'm, I'm, I keep trying to avoid, you know, week nine, Granville, you know, Licking Valley, the, the game that everyone's talking about. And, and it, even just talking to some of Licking Valley's players, it's kind of hard for them not to, to look ahead to that too. But, uh, yeah, week seven, uh, still a lot of important football to be played here. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, Johnstown Newark Catholic is, is a huge game. Definitely. Uh, the Licking County League uh, Cardinal Division, uh, the first big game in that division this week uh, is Newark Catholic host Johnstown. Uh, you know, I think you look at some of the big games as far as not only the league but the playoff scenarios – you think about this, you think about, you know, Heath and Newark Catholic in week nine and, you know, Johnstown and Heath in week 10, which, you know, a couple of years ago, that was a winner-take-all game for the LCL Cardinal. That might have a lot of uh, must-win implications for the playoffs as well. Uh, so, obviously, in week seven, it's not quite the playoffs yet, but it, you feel like it's going to have a playoff atmosphere. Well, Johnstown-Newark Catholic is almost like a playoff game for those two teams. I mean, Johnstown already has three losses. They're in a pretty pretty strong region there in Division Five, and Newark Catholic with two losses, and like you say, a very very daunting schedule down the stretch for them. But uh, I think you know this is a game I think they absolutely have to have if they if they're going to entertain thoughts in Division Seven, and uh, you know and a pretty strong region that they're in as well. So uh, a lot on the line in that one. Well, and certainly as you look at Newark Catholic, uh, they're on a nice uh, three game winning streak, and you know as uh, our freelancer Mike Capacci wrote about in a football weekly this week that comes out on Thursday is you know Derek Cock and uh, Drew Hess in the backfield we've mentioned it in past weeks but you know they've really kind of got that thunder and lightning combination going now uh, Newark Catholic uh, you know had a lot of you know new faces uh, people in different positions this year and I think those first few weeks was trying to figure out how best to, to fit those pieces and I think they have a good uh, idea now of how they want to use some of their best players. Uh, we talked about them, you know, having to be able to run the football. And uh, they, I think they finally, you know, gotten to that point and maybe found the right combination with those two. And that's a good description of, the, of that pair as well. And, you know, and obviously a very a very solid quarterback in, uh, Matt, in Matt Carlisle. But, yeah, I, I mean, especially defensively. They, I look at defense and it's so many young, young guys back there. And um, I think they're finally getting the hang of it. Uh, obviously they're going to be put to the test here by this Johnstown team that uh, – seemingly is, is improving right now and, uh, and playing, playing their best football. Well, I think with the Green Wave, when you watch them, there's a lot of, uh, you know, they have, you know, athleticism. Um, you know, they're quicker and, and faster, and uh, certainly with that, uh, I, I think we're seeing that. The, the fresh legs, you know, infusing some, of that, infusing some of that young talent into that defense, I think has made a, a huge difference for them. And that, and that will be tested. You know, Johnstown is a physical team. You know, something that maybe is a, is not a great matchup for Newark Catholic, but I think they are are able to maybe hem in the Johnnies. And uh, you see how you know Watkins had a big physical offensive line, and the Green Wave totally shut them down. Right. And you know, 
the thing about Johnstown is it's not exactly Air Johnny's, but they did pass for 122 yards last week. Of course, I think 70 came on one play to, to, from Workman to uh, tight end Jake Lusk. And uh, they seem to be throwing the ball a little bit more this year and um, maybe using the fullback. You know, well, they've always used the fullback, but you know, Jaden Jacob also gives them a threat there. So uh, they're actually they're giving teams more to think about this year, I think. And uh, we'll see just how uh, uh, well set that Newark Catholic defense is against this offense. Well, and I think the thing about Newark Catholic and Johnstown, sometimes when you have matchups, you just you start to think about matchups at first blush and you say, well, you just feel like this team is supposed to win because they have won. And I think that – I kind of had that feeling uh, last weekend when you start to think about the matchups this week and you say, well, Johnstown, well, well Johnstown, you know, well, they, they win these games. Well, and I, I think at some point, you know, that's the thing. A, a young team like Newark Catholic, they have to go in, you know, knowing that they're not playing the Johnstown of two years ago or four years ago. They're playing this season's Johnstown team. And I, and I think as you, you start to break it down, and I was no, I was talking to a friend who asked me about the game, and you know, you start talking about it, you more and more you think about, okay, this year's matchups and not what maybe Johnstown used to be able to do on this side of the ball or that side of the ball. You know, they do. They still have a great running game, and Wes Myers has been strong at tailback, and you know, Workman can still run, at, you know, quarterback. But you know, maybe so far they they haven't necessarily had that that big breakout game where you look at their offense and you say, wow, I don't even know how you ever stop these guys. Right, right. And, uh, you know, with them, it could happen at any time. And, with, you know, like I said, so maybe even a, a few more weapons in normal form um, with, the, with Lusk out there tight end being a big target and everything. And, uh, you know, Lucas, uh, Luke uh, Schlagheck has proven to be a, good, a big threat. You know, run the ball and receiving it too. So – you know, I, I think Coach – you look at a second-year coach, Coach Ryan Aiello, I think his system might be starting – you know, it's week seven of his second year. I think his system may be starting to take hold a little bit here. And 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 the players are buying into it. And that's going to be big going into this game, especially with this matchup. Definitely. Uh, Dave, you know, I'll be at Whitefield. And, Dave, you'll be at Watkins Memorial as Looking Valley uh, tries to continue their unbeaten run. And, uh, you know, we've talked about the past few weeks – uh, the last three weeks, they've had uh, lopsided victories. You know, they've played a lot of a uh, lot of guys. They're pretty much their whole roster. You know, now with Watkins, who's been struggling themselves, but a team that you know certainly is a team that can be difficult to play with their defense. And uh, you know, if they can get that running game going, they had a seven nothing lead on Heath at halftime. So, you know, Valley, you know, that this might be the first time for a while that they you know are pushed into the second half. Well, they're certainly looking to be pushed in, in this game. Uh, just talking to the players and coaches at, at Valley this week for Football Weekly, uh, they weren't really happy with their preparation last week, and it showed in the way they came out. I think it was a 7-6 to six game with Lakewood in the second quarter, and they thought they maybe were a little bit flat, and they realized that they, you know they, that can't ha- happen again, especially against Watkins. Kind of an interesting sidelight to this one is the, the current seniors on both teams played each other all the way up through, of course, but uh, Watkins kind of got the better of them, was what the Valley kids were saying, uh, including a, a big game in eighth grade for the league title uh, that, that Watkins prevailed in. So, you know, not all those Watkins players are still around, but was a good chunk of them. And uh, so they had some confidence against Valley, and that's going to be big, you know, in this game. Yeah, especially early in that game against Heath, uh, the Warriors got Parker Hill going. He had a long touchdown run. Uh, he ended up with over 100 yards. I think most of that was, was there in the first half. And, you know, he, 
our freelancer, Steve Hellwagon, has a, a good story about uh, Reno Rita being back on the sideline helping out Watkins. Uh, he, he's got a he's got a career, but uh, you know he's helping out when he can, kind of part time for the uh, football team, coming to practice when he can, being there on Friday nights, and uh, you know great resource for Watkins because they have a lot of young offensive linemen guys who. Uh, went to college camps in the off season, guys who have the potential and want to go play college ball. And here you have Reno as a guy who was a, you know, an all, you know, a two-way performer for the Warriors, you know, all league, all district. And, you know, he then went to Kent State and basically started for three and a half seasons. He was a starter late in his redshirt freshman year and then uh, was kind of a stalwart on their line. So what a great resource. And we love seeing that when uh, recent graduates are able to give back to their program. I think you know you're seeing that more and more, too, in the area, and and it is refreshing and, and great to see. And the, he can't but help have a, you know, their their offensive line is pretty young, too. He, and, and for him to get hold of a line like that, you know, this late in the season, you know, maybe maybe they'll start to gel and come together. Um, and that, I'm sure they they're they're really look. This is this could turn their whole season around to knock Valley off. Well, certainly Looking Valley, uh, Logan Bragg, uh, we mentioned it last week, his great stats. He just added to him. He had three more touchdowns on a Friday night. He was 9 for 10. So uh, he's you know, been almost perfect here recently, you know, 13 touchdowns, one interception. Uh, you, you know, we, we mention it every week, but I mean, it seems like it deserves mention every week. Those are just some awesome numbers. Right, right. And I think it's a, a great, crowd, great credit to the Valley coaching staff for designing uh, you know, game planning around his skills, which we've said before, they've had two running quarterbacks. Their past two quarterbacks have been running quarterbacks who could throw. But he doesn't look to run. You know, he takes quick drops, short routes, and he has weapons of receiver that are great at getting yards after the catch. And um, and, and Logan, uh, you know, let's face it, he's, they, they said they could see this coming, even though he was behind Wisner last year. They could see this coming, even like when he played JV ball that he sees the field well, makes great decisions, and, and, and knows the game. But, boy, does he have some weapons. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't mentioned, like, Colby Sipos, who had a big catch in that opening game against Sheridan. You don't hear much about him. You know, Luke Hampton, who I talked to this week, is, uh, caught a big touchdown pass in that uh, playoff win last year over Indian Valley. They just have so many things that they can throw at you. And uh, they, they, they could be forced to use those against this Watkins team in that defense. Certainly. We'll take a quick step out of Licking County League play to talk real quick about Newark. Uh, they started OCC play last week and, you know, lost to Big Walnut 40-16, uh, to 16, but they had the lead 16-13 at halftime. Uh, certainly uh, some positive momentum there for the Wildcats, even though the second half didn't quite go as well as it wanted. Uh, they do visit New Albany this week. It's, you know, the OCC Capital is a meat grinder. You know, people kind of look down on the Capital because it tends to be smaller schools in the OCC, but... You know, you look at New Albany, Canal Winchester, Groveport. These are all teams that have playoff aspirations. So the Wildcats will run through that gauntlet. And you made the comment last week you wanted to see the faces of Newark players when they had success. Obviously, they were up at halftime on Friday night. They had some success. Did you start to see that, you know, building, you know, that there's some confidence there and that, hey, maybe we can turn this thing around eventually? I did see that. And, uh, you know, you know, Big Walnut being the type of the style of football they play, they came out and kind of punched Newark in the mouth that second half, you know, physical running game type of thing. And Newark didn't handle it real well. But the one thing I was encouraged to see was when I went to practice on Monday and just the attitudes of the Newark players, you know. I talked to a couple of the, the guys who decided to come out for their senior years, uh, quarterback Jaden Woods. 
running back linebacker Logan Swanger. They've been a big addition to this team. And, uh, and certainly having guys like them around uh, with the right attitude um, helps tremendously. You know, it, it's pretty amazing, though, being on their sidelines and, and seeing what they can do in the game with the technology and, and going over stuff, you know, going, going right over the film from the game right there and then and there. And I, and I, Jaden Woods is trying to improve, and he's watching a lot of. He, I got to practice Monday. He's, he's with uh, quarterbacks coach Grant Russell, watching film. You know, trying trying to get better, looking for things. So, um, as you know, as long as they can keep that good attitude, um, things are going to continue to grow with them. Um, it's just going to take a little time. Yeah, Grant, another one of those recent grads who's uh, you know helping out his high school program, and you'd like to see that. You know, they know it's a grind. I mean, Grant. You know, it, unfortunately, he had a rough high school record, but, you know, he's a great example of, you know, regardless of what the win-loss says in high school, uh, you certainly can still have a lot of success, not only in high school, but beyond in college and in life, uh, if you take the right attitude. Right, right. And, uh, you know, he suffered a knee injury there in that last game in the Arena Football League, uh, but he's been cleared, and he's working out again, and he's already looking forward to next season. But, obviously, he's a great role model for not only the quarterbacks in, in the room, but the, but the rest of Newark's players as well. And, uh, you know, I don't see any drop-off from their coaching staff in terms of, you know, preparing, enthusiasm. They're, they're not putting their heads down, and hopefully, you know, that carries over to the kids because, let's face it, it would be easy to turn, you know, turn the other way in this situation given the wins and losses. Definitely, and you mentioned a, a kid like Logan Swanger who came out for football as a senior, and uh, you know Jaden who who had taken a year off from football and came back to football, and you know we've seen it in other other sports. Uh, mentioned earlier in the season about you know Northridge's Brian Crayhole who finally first picked up football as a junior, and you know I know with Lakewood this week I, I wrote about Zach Christ who is a baseball player who uh, you know is a senior who's who's helping them out kick return and defense and. You know, it's great to see these programs try to pick up some of those guys because, you know, it's not always just a numbers game. There's a lot more to it. But in some cases, it is a numbers game. And and you have athletes in the school who, you know, certainly have certain sports maybe they prefer over others. But, you know, I think a lot of our local football programs, you know, see kids that, hey, give us a shot. You know, I think Zach made a comment as far as in Lakewood's setting, and I think this can go with Newark and Utica and Northridge, maybe some of those other programs that unfortunately haven't always had the wins and losses, and say it's easy to stand on the sideline, stand outside the fence and make comments about the football team or, you know, or even in class and school and say, well, you're just going to lose this week. It's a lot different when you're actually in the locker room and you're busting your butt for practice every day in realizing just how hard it is and what that challenge is to try to turn this thing around. Yeah, and, I, you know, I've got to think uh, football's a character builder. And, um, you know, you're going to get knocked down in life, face a lot of adversity. Um, you know, in the case of some of these teams you mentioned, they, they're getting knocked down a lot. But they get back up. And that's the way, that's the way you got to approach life. And I've and I got to think uh, down the road, you know, they're going to forget about, all right, we lost, won so many, lost so many. They're going to forget about this, and they're going to for, hopefully remember some of the things that they learned. Because I, from what you said, you know, I haven't been to Utica's camp yet or Northridge, but just what you said about their coaching staffs and, and the way they approach things, it's got to help these kids later in life. Yeah, and look at Utica. I mean, you know, you could look at the final scores, and, you know, that, that stinks to be a part of. I mean, it's, it's, hard, it's hard work to – 
you know, they get beat by uh, lopsided scores uh, seemingly every week, unfortunately. But, you know, look at what they're doing, the kids who are making that commitment. Uh, you know, we have our athlete of the week that we do, a poll uh, that we do. We have three boys and three girls each week. And, you know, we mix up the sports, mix up the schools. And uh, Ethan Adams, who we've talked about before, having a really good senior season for Utica, you know, he was honored. He was voted last week as the athlete of the week. He'll be uh, honored here in, uh, you know, this week's paper. Uh, you know, that, that just shows to me that there's a lot of support out there, even though, you know, Utica doesn't have the, a great record or has had great performances. You know, people still support them. You know, they, they have that community support. You know, Ethan was the, uh, the homecoming king last week. You know, the homecoming, you know, night, senior night, you know, parents' night. You know, again, they, they, these are special times. Whether you're winning or losing, you know, these are times in your life that you're not always going to get back. And, you know, everybody says it. It's cliche, but it's true. You know, you don't want to take these nights for granted. Yeah, that's for sure. And, um, you know, it was a homecoming night for Newark the other night. And, um, you know, uh, Louis Cook was, was crowned a homecoming king there. And, it, and the one thing that stood out to me was that most of the king candidates were football players. And, um and it was good to see, uh, you know, Drew Rollison out there as as part of that homecoming court too. You know, longtime manager for the Wildcats. That was very very encouraging to see. But um, yeah, hopefully they're taking this all in. I mean, it's, it you know, I, I I don't know how many times I've said, hey, I can't believe you're a senior to some of these kids, and and they realize, you know, it's, it's coming down to the end for them. You know, four four more games for some of them, and um, I, I think it creates a little bit of sense of urgency for them, and um, and. Uh, they're taking that to heart and, um, you know, hopefully it translates to good play on the field. Mentioned uh, Lakewood earlier. They host Looking Heights, and uh, Looking Heights is still one of our winless teams. And you know, the Hornets uh, made some progress last week. They uh, lost 35-21 to still unbeaten Granville. Uh, the Hornets made the Blue Aces work. They got down 20 to nothing in the first half, but they cut it to 20-14 to and then again at 27-21. Uh, so now the question is, okay, you've made that progress. Can we make the progress a second week in a row and really a third week because they played really good against Newark Catholic uh, and turn it into a victory now? You know, as Coach Wallen said, you know, we, we don't want to be uh, looking for moral victories. You know, we have, we've had a good program over the years, and, you know, we're used to winning, and certainly the Hornets think they can start winning here down the stretch. Yeah, there's no reason they can't. I mean, they certainly have the athletes and, the, you know, Coach Buttermore Granville alluded to him. He was a little wary of them going into that game last week just because they were hungry. And that the combination of the talent they have, which they've always had, uh, makes makes for a dangerous team. And it played out that night. And um, I think it shows that they're ready to maybe take off here down the stretch. And, um, you know, they could spoil for some teams here down the stretch as well, even with their so-called lesser record. You know, and so often the August depth chart is not the October depth chart. And, you know, coaches try to try to get – players to understand that remind them to keep working keep keep trying to to earn a spot and uh junior quarterback Noah Coltis has had a great couple first starts for uh Licking Heights uh, he looks like a kid that not only will be uh, starting here down the stretch but a person they can build around for next season uh, Makai Evans who's been a, a critical defensive part for him the past couple years they they put him in the backfield and uh he has delivered the past couple weeks. He had a couple short touchdown runs uh, last week. So, uh, you know, obviously the Hornets are trying to figure out, you know, where do people best fit and uh, looking for guys to step up. Uh, Andre Dewberry had a big fourth down stop at the beginning of the game to keep Granville out of the end zone. And then he had a, a third down sack 
of Bo Buttermore there when the Hornets were trying to make a make their comeback and got the crowd really into it. You saw Papa Yaboa, who's still a, a menacing force uh, down you know inside, and when you look across the uh, line at their defensive line, so these are players, as you said. You know they they have an opportunity to maybe spoil some teams' chances, whether it's for a playoffs or a league title. And you know I, I not really letting the cat out of the bag here, but you know the Hornets were so encouraged about uh, last week's game. They say, hey, we win a couple games, and you know maybe uh, Looking Valley beats Granville in Week Nine. You know they could still be playing for a piece of that league title in Week Ten when they play the Panthers. Yeah, that's right. I never I never thought of that. Yep. So there's there's always something to play for, Kurt, and it is. Yeah, and of course, it kind of lies on the coaching staffs to get that across. Sometimes it's not easy, but um, I'll say this: the Hornets have to be one of the best zero and six teams in the state. I, I would say that's safe to say. And uh, you know, and uh, we talk about Lakewood, their opponent here Friday night. Uh, and I told I told you before we even came on here, but Coach Lee still still putting inspirational things up on Twitter. Still taking that right, that positive approach, and uh, I know they're looking for a breakthrough win, and uh, this would certainly be that for them. No doubt. And, uh, Granville is headed to Northridge, a LCL crossover game, and you know the Blue Aces—they're uh, in that same similar stretch that the Panthers were in. Uh, you know they don't want to look too far ahead. You know we keep mentioning Week Nine. Uh, obviously, uh, against Licking Heights, you know they didn't do everything exactly the way they wanted to do it, but. They gave Licking Heights a lot of credit too, and you know Northridge, as we've uh, mentioned before, you know they're a different offense, an offense that you don't see quite as often as you maybe you did 15, 20 years ago. So the Blue Aces have to uh, stay focused and uh, kind of take care of their uh, job here, or else the Vikings uh, could give them a little bit of a scare as well. Right, right. And I'm sure that's the approach uh, Coach Buttermore's taking. Uh, you know, he he prides himself on defense. We've always known that. We've always said that, and. Uh, and this is a little different challenge for him with that wing tee and how well uh, you know Northridge executes that, and I'm sure that's the approach that they're taking. You know, this this can help us maybe down the road if we if we see it in the playoffs or whatever. But um, you know, I don't think Granville necessarily took a step back last week, but I, but but I'm because you know let's face it, Heights is quality, but um, I, I'm sure they want to stay on that high level that they've been playing on and. I just realized their scoreless quarter streak finally came to an end yeah, was, last week against Heights, and it was an amazing streak. It was almost 17 full quarters, and uh, you know, one guy who helped extend that a little bit longer was uh, Keyshawn Bonner, the junior who uh, he's had a lot of success as a receiver, plays good defense for him on the outside, and he uh, flew in and blocked a field goal in the second quarter when it was still uh, a shutout. So uh, he's helping in all three phases, and you know, Coach Buttermore said, you know, we knew he had the potential. You know, he helped out a little bit last year. He's a kid who's a great athlete. He, you know, runs track. He uh, wrestled when he was younger. They knew he was going to have some sort of impact, but you never quite know going into a season just how that's going to look. And obviously, they love how it's looked so far. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys you might look at him. You might think, you know, he's all right. He's all speed and finesse. But one of the things Coach Buttermore said a few weeks ago was that he's physical. You know, for having a slight build, he's not afraid to get in there and hit people and he he really flies to the ball like you said he comes up you know out of that secondary and and I you know against some of their early games I really noticed it that he was really flying and coming up quickly and and initiating that contact so kind of a special player 
no doubt. It's a, kind of that uh, wrestling background. I know, uh, yep. you know, Brady Natchison, one of their other leading tacklers on defense, has a wrestling background, and you know, you get that physicality. Zach Walsh, their receiver, is a top wrestler. You know, the, you don't have to be the big heavyweights uh, to certainly add that uh, game. On the other side, uh, Dylan Parman on uh, Northridge is a guy with a wrestling background. You know, these kids are, are willing to fight, and, you know, they know what it's like to go for those three periods and to battle and, you know, to be down and, you know, not give up. You don't want to give up that pin or maybe you get that late reversal. So, you know, these guys kind of bring that tenacity to the football field. Yeah, I've been, I've been noticing, you know, several several of the stories I've done, you know, Football Weekly, we've, we've hit on the wrestling thing, you know, with a, with a Dylan Dotson. It's kind of a smaller defensive lineman for, for Licking Valley, but, you, but using his leverage that he learned in wrestling and staying low um, and, you know, against bigger guys. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's interesting, and it is a, it, it's kind of a natural transition. I think each sport helps the other. No doubt. No, last game, uh, Heath goes to Utica, and the Bulldogs, uh, they, they – had a little bit of a slow start, you know. It's something about the second half for them this season. They uh, turned it on and beat Watkins thirty-five to seven last week. But another team who, you know, they're right there in the thick of the playoff race, but they cannot afford to slip up anywhere uh, because that Division Four Region Fifteen looks like it's going to be pretty deep. It is. It's extremely loaded, and of course, you know that's where, uh, of course, Licking Valley is. I think Gallia Academy's undefeated, and, and you still have St. Clairsville looming in there. Uh, it's a it's a very strong. Very strong region, and uh, you know we talked before about you know all right maybe seven and three eight and two get them in, and that might not, it might not. So literally, they, you're right, they, they can't slip up, and uh, it may take nine and one for them to get in, and, and of course that's uh, that's the attitude they have to take. Oh, definitely, and the way they got back in the uh, game, or at least they were in the game, but you know got got over the hump and beat Watkins was uh you know that defense uh, creating some turnovers. And and then the running game. I mean, Xavier Purrier and Dane Hogue, a couple of juniors who were in the thick of everything. You know, Dane had over, you know, double-digit tackles, and, you know, he had a, a couple of big runs for him, and uh, Purrier was over 100 yards. And, you know, definitely takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback, Austin Morrow. To, you know, we kind of made the uh, comparisons early in the year of talking about what Aaron Latchley had to do at quarterback uh, in 2016. And, you know, Austin, we would never say that, you know, he had to be another Aaron Latchley, but – you know, the, having those other weapons and giving Heath those other options to where, you know, you don't necessarily have to say, okay, it's got to be the QB on this play or it's got to be this or that. You know, they have a lot of different ways they can uh, they can beat teams. And I think especially the passing game, we maybe haven't even seen it all yet. You know, I, I'm really interested in seeing down the stretch if they start to maybe get some of those other uh, receivers involved as well. Right, right. And – the key, the whole key to their offense has been the ability to run the ball this year, which they'd struggle with in recent years. And, um, you know, and Austin Morrow, a threat in his own right, running the football. But it's nice to know that he doesn't have to take that physical beating and, and can rely on guys like Purrier and, um, and Dane Hogue to, um, you know, kind of carry the load there. And it sets up their passing game. And you're right, there's a lot of uh, potential there. Keelan Williams obviously has shown himself to be a, a deep threat, but they got some other guys too out there, you know, with Justin Hartman that can catch it, and um, and they're not afraid to use. So, yeah, the running game, uh, they need to keep being able to run the football moving forward to, to keep that balance. Definitely. Well, it'll be a, another great week of high school football, we hope. Uh, it's getting a little chillier, uh, getting a little damper, so uh, we, we our public service announcement is uh, 
don't forget to take that extra jacket here this week. Once the uh, sun goes down, we'll get a little, everybody get a little chilly. The the breeze was starting to kick up last Friday night at our game. So I uh, want to make sure everybody's feeling good. But I know a lot of people in Ohio love quote-unquote football weather. So uh, that won't affect anybody. Uh, we'll be looking forward to checking everything out. And uh, we'll have plenty of coverage Friday night and Saturday morning on our website and, and Sunday's paper. And, of course, uh, between now and then, uh, Thursday's Football Weekly is chock full of more great stories and stats and, you know, our weekly picks. And, you know, one of us here uh, took Newark Catholic uh, to try to break up the m- monopoly. I mean, it seemed like, uh, you know, everybody was down the line here this week. So, uh, you know, see that. And uh, some of the college and NFL games have given us some troubles, too. So, we got to watch Saturday and Sunday that our records don't get uh, don't get blown to pieces. So it should all be a lot of fun here, Dave. And uh, soon we're going to be right down to the uh, to the nitty gritty. Yep, uh, always fun, and I think the weather is about to turn for that football weather. You know, unfortunately, last night I wasn't real bright, and I didn't put the shorts away, and I paid the price. So uh, yeah, it kind of smacked me in the face <laughs> a little bit there. Which is, uh, which is a good thing. I can use that from time to time. But uh, we look forward to that football weather and the way things are going to close out.